is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Are you a big gulp sort of guy? <laughs> I am a double gulp okay. kind of guy. Oh my. Okay, I didn't notice that either. Because of the Coke. <laughs> oh my. I got tired of inane stuff like woke up this morning and had pizza. Best breakfast ever. Yeah, obviously, because beer is the best breakfast ever. I was going to say chocolate cake. Oh my. Check out what these desperate motherfuckers are up to this week. I noticed you had a game called. Winner? <laughs> cards against humanity. Oh, cards against That's humanity. the one. <laughs> the the adult version of apples to apples, the one where you you play to offend your friends. It's a great game. It it looks like fun. So welcome to this one, Mother's podcast. Uh, I'm CJ Watson, and this week joining me, I have the usual suspects: Jason Rice. And Jack Fisher. Because I forgot to call anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, just to be fair, um, regardless of if he called them or not. Um, anybody, the anybody else probably would not have showed up. Because <laughs> um, we do have our own little private Facebook group that nobody bothers to check. Well, if you put something on it, it would notify me. People say that. <laughs> I don't even check Facebook anymore. It's really only good for keeping up with um, what your great Aunt Edna is doing and <laughs> marketing shit. Cause, oh, my God. Facebook is awesome for marketing stuff. Well, I got tired of inane stuff like woke up this morning and had pizza. Best breakfast ever <laughs> dumb shit I know. yeah obviously because beer is the best breakfast ever i was gonna say chocolate cake well all right see we, we all have our own best breakfast and sometimes you want to share that jason sometimes you want to impart the joy that little slice of pizza brought to your heart i don't care about every <laughs> inane simple thing you've done today it's true. And, and Not, it, nothing I do is simple. It is all complex. And truthfully, what you ate is why they made Instagram. <laughs> Instagrams for food porn. You see, food porn is not what I use Instagram for. Uh, regular porn? Uh, I don't know. Where do you, what do you use? Instagram for anything? I, I use Instagram to track my favorite hot actresses. He's an Instagram stalker. <laughs> no, they have profiles that they put out there and they say, look, this is what I'm doing. And I. But listen. for most people, that's what pizza does. <laughs> I, I definitely do not follow the parallel there. What is the parallel between pizza and hot actresses? Well, Instagram's for food porn, and that's where you get photos of your favorite hot slice. <laughs> okay, so your hot slice is different than my hot slice. <laughs> Apparently. Okay. There's something wrong with you, boy. Which could lead <laughs> us to a personal journey discussion. Yeah. But, uh... 
<laughs> while I'm why I'm so loopy today. Because <laughs> I went under uh, the general anesthesia for part of my um uh yeah that thing weight loss surgery <laughs> thing. So yeah, I'm looking at getting weight loss surgery. I've been talking about it for better part of a year to everybody. Yeah, I think most people are just surprised that I did it, or I'm starting to do it. But as Jack knows, my my weight's been up and down, um, like tremendously the past twenty years. I started at over four, I got down to almost two, then it crept back up over four, and then it got back down to two twenty, and then I'm back up significantly, but not all of it. And before uh, that gets out of control, I want to do something while I'm healthy enough to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I personally struggle to stay below 250. Yeah. I struggle to stay below 400 pounds. It's a constant effort. It, and uh, for me, staying below 250 is a constant effort. And uh, there are, are things that I know I should do that I don't do. Like... Not drink so much? Not drink so damn much, <laughs> Because alcohol is truly empty calories. Am I the only one who hovers at like 250, 260 and doesn't do a damn thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> normal people struggle. You you well, hover. I'm, I'm fat. <laughs> I'm not in any kind of shape. <laughs> well, some people are happy with where they're no, at. No, I, I, I mean, I, I fight with whether I'm going to eat a Snickers every day because i want a snickers i really want a snickers i love the taste of caramel and chocolate and peanuts and nougat i love snickers but I, i'm a peanut butter man well i, I love, will i love peanut butter too straight out the jar with a spoon mm. Pe- problem is peanut butter is a power food for people that burn tons of calories and, <laughs> and <laughs> some of us don't <laughs> no i don't i burn <laughs> Two calories. <laughs> Anything more than two calories, I'm going to pack that on. Sure you, have, sure, you should have that second piece of celery, CJ? No. <laughs> It'll go straight to my fast hips. But, but you've been walking a lot. So um, how many miles would you say you've been able to do a day just walking, not counting running? Oh, I'm almost about five. Five miles a day running. No. Or, or walking. Yeah. Okay. That That's pretty damn good because even when I go out intentionally to take a walk, um, I I managed to get in about uh, two and a quarter miles yeah. on my walk. Now, my, my walk tracking is always hovers in the 4.7 to 5 range. So, except for yesterday when I was undergoing my sleep study. And a how many times a week do you manage to get a run in? Well, I work out in one form or another at least four times a week. I'm currently down 75 pounds for my high, so that's okay. And the doctors in, in the weight loss uh, center that where I was at, they, they said they could tell that I'm down a significant amount. I guess um, the elasticity of my skin and everything shows. Mm-hmm. To, you know, weight loss professionals who deal with that all the time. But it's the last, you know, 150 pounds that I need to lose. Because my goal, realistically, is my insurance 
height, weight chart. You know, the one that tells yeah. you you should always be? Because you definitely should always be that. That's well, what your healthy weight is. Yeah. Um, and according to my uh, height, weight chart, I am obese. I am super obese. They added an extra one. Yeah. When you, well, no, Did they I, change it from morbidly to super? No, no, morbid is still there. Okay. Actually, I'm not. I'm not super obese, but apparently, I was at one point. Because if your BMI is like over fifty, you are classified as super obese. And I'm not now, and uh, I'm sadly in the forty range for my height, weight. I'm only five nine. I should weigh 175 pounds. 170, 175 pounds. The last time I saw 175 pounds, I'm five nine. Mm-hmm. Last time I saw 175 pounds was eighth grade. Yeah, I was 11. <laughs> so I was like, what, 5th grade, 6th grade? I was 11. At 12, I saw 200. I never went back to Wonderland yeah. again. Yeah, eight, 18, I was 185. Yeah. 18, I was 400 pounds. Yeah, 18, I was skinny as a freaking rail. And I could eat two foot-long Subway sandwiches at every meal. And I used to do that as well. I imagine that made my stomach stretch out quite a bit. Yeah, uh, it definitely contributed to some of the lingering health problems that I have. So the reason that I'm doing this is I I decided on a vertical sleeve gastrectomy. So that I can cut away a big portion of that stomach that I have stretched into a shape that holds a medium-sized pizza or two Subway sandwiches. And a case of ding dongs, <laughs> and a big two liter of Dr Pepper, and maybe a better part of a case of Budweiser or whatever. Whatever I was doing when I was young, and beer foolish, not like beer wise like I am now. And now I like to taste my beer. Back then, I just put as much of it in me as I could get. Back then, beer bongs and shotgunning—they uh, oh, yeah. were the expected. Yeah, you get the beer past your tongue before you even taste it. Yeah, the the goal was not to taste it in any way, shape, or form. It was to get it in your stomach and get it in your bloodstream. Well, you're drinking American beer, so... You know, (laughs) when I was 18, if you gave me uh, a fine whatever, I would have tried to down it in three seconds. Uh, It was a sign of a man. Down the beer as fast as you can. Well... Beer didn't start tasting good until you're six one, so <laughs> you didn't mind the bad taste <laughs> until then. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking if you remove that uh, that um, crescent of the stomach that we've stretched out, that I've stretched out, um, then it also removes a lot of the enzymes and those little bacteria that would produce ghrelin. Mm-hmm. Ghrelin is what makes you hungry. I was talking to the doctor, I was telling him, you know. It's not that I eat to overeat. It's just that uh, I never feel full. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never feel full, and I'm almost always hungry. I mean, I eat, and two hours later, I want to eat again. Yeah. See, I don't know if I want to eat again, because I, I feel hungry. I feel hunger. I felt hunger when I was fasting for this. Then, you know, towards the last couple hours, I felt hunger but, you know, the first 10 hours or so, I did not. Um, See, and I'll, I'll forget to eat. Yeah. I'll go and I'll have breakfast. 
and I'll have dinner because, oh, lunch was there? I forgot. Yeah, and there's a funny thing. There's funny uh, instances of that actually slowing your metabolism down a little bit to then make food work against you. Yeah. Everybody's different. That's the thing. We we all have the same basic chemistry, but then just like our genetics make us look different, everything fires up just a little bit differently. And you could be in an environment that just doesn't work for you. Or it does. I mean, if fat was a good thing, like if fat was what people were after, if like all the if people we lived in the Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's not really true for the Renaissance. <laughs> I studied Renaissance art, and that that was just a thing that that the powerful people created. But that's a whole another argument. But if fat people on screen were idolized, I would be, I would be like I don't know John Candy meets um, who's George who, Clooney. There you go. I would be. The George Clooney of John Candy's. You'd be the, the George Candy. George Candy. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of women that call him George Candy. Want me some George Candy? Yeah. So some of us are designed to run on diesel. Some of us are designed to run on unleaded. Some of us, uh, we really need that leaded. And some of us uh, are designed to run on Twinkies. <laughs> Well, you could conceivably have organisms that were metabolizing those and making other things, but uh... <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking at this, and, and like I, I was talking to you earlier, I'm probably going to fire up a YouTube channel with uh, just the VSG thing, um, mostly because I'm looking for more guy. I was looking when I was looking doing this, I was looking at YouTube, browsing that uh, station, web series, channels, whatever, whatever they had. I was looking on YouTube for guys that have gone through this. And they tend to be roughly younger men. And I want I couldn't find anybody that's going through what I'm going through. Somebody who's gained a lot of weight. Lost, I grew up fat, but then I lost a lot of weight. And I said, never do it again. And then it crept up slowly, and I found myself in a comfortable job, fat again. So I lost a lot of weight again. Both with diets. One with the supervised diet, one with whatever skills I learned. And I think, man, the second time I thought, man, I got it. I got it. I did it this time all on my own. Um, And then, you know what? Shit happens. Life. You know, your body is still your vehicle. And and if you change uh, what you put into it, what you feed it and and how you treat it, don't, don't take it for tune ups and everything. It's going to go back to its natural state. And mine is fat by eating whatever I bring into this house. Well, your body, changes significantly over time um i'm i'm approaching 50 mm-hmm. and uh what i eat now compared to what i what i ate when i was 17 18 years old uh, it looks like i am fasting in right. comparison but i am still eating way more than what my body needs mm-hmm. um so there, there's a huge change in the needs of your body over time. Uh, and, you know, also the fact that most of us um, become more sedentary as we, as we become older. Um, you have to actually exercise. <coughs> you have to actually exercise and remember to get out and be active. Whereas in all likelihood, when you were younger, you just did things. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you 
You did things, you... Uh, yeah. Um, so is that what happened when I went from ADHD to ADD? I lost that hyperactivity. I became older. Sedentary. You don't, have, you, you don't have the energy to be hyperactive, but you yeah. still have the attention deficit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can, can I just lose focus on something that doesn't require so much activity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, our, our general um, ADD is fueled by the modern conveniences of television and the Internet and... Web browsers and smartphones. Yeah, the, for some because in the time it takes for me to finish the sentence, my attention can drift and I can forget what my entire point was. Oh, it happens to me all the time. Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> so that aside, that that's why I'm a little bit loopy today because I I had my uh, general anesthesia, my endoscopy, so they can see if I was healthy enough. And uh, you know, it's really funny. The doctor says, maybe you should cut back on the coffee and soda and the spicy things. Cause it's, he, he saw my stomach. He said, it's a, it's a little bit red. I'm like, okay. And I don't have any ulcers. And I practically live on coffee. And whenever I have hot stuff, you can pile bowls of jalapenos <laughs> on my stuff. That's about right. Yeah, I, that's one thing I have managed to do is, uh, as I become older, I have managed to reduce the amount of spicy foods that I ingest on a regular basis, and I've been working really hard to control my caffeine intake. Um, I, I've been cutting my sodas down. I've, I've been drinking at least a liter of water a day. Um which helps to cut down on the urge for soda. Now, I almost always drank diet soda, so my, my soda is mainly a source of petrochemicals and caffeine. Um, and supporting the aluminum industry. Not so much, uh, you know, the empty sugar calories. Right. Oh, I'm addicted to Diet Coke, and that's going to be the hardest thing for me <clears> to deal with because – I'm not going to be able to drink so much soda, technically any, for a long time. <laughs> so that's going to be something difficult to not swallow. Because I probably go through. There's a joke there. Yeah. I'm gonna half yeah, a, he, he was fishing for it, but neither of <laughs> us delivered. Yeah, I probably drink half a dozen sodas a day, a couple pots of coffee. It's uh, it's ridiculous. They're all diet sodas and 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 sugar substitute, but stuff that I'm going to have to finally give up. But I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'd love to get back down to where I was, or possibly lower than my low weight back when I was doing the many miles of running a week. I do miss that, and I'll find some new low impact exercises. I was thinking about taking up swimming. Yeah, like I was going to get one of those stationary swimming place pools. The not, swim spas. Yeah, but you know what? Not. Just like a, a, a little pool and then put a, a bungee cord uh, on a belt, attach it to a pole behind, and you can swim forever without moving yeah. at all. Yeah, it's you, actually a thing. Do you have a TV in front of you? No. 
Well, you, you you could if you wanted to, but uh... <laughs> I got my my waterproof Oculus Rift, <laughs> and it looked like I was swimming in the ocean for real. <laughs> so, yeah, that fun stuff aside. Uh, so because of that, I didn't get a chance to get out this week and watch um, Mad Max, which I'm super excited about because George Miller hit that. And the big news this week was. No CGI, no green screen. Yeah. He made it. That was all practical effects? Yes. That had to be some money. Yeah, I'm... uh, Dude, it's the guy who made Mad Max. I'm on board with seeing it. Lisa's on board with seeing it. Uh, So I think that that Mad Max is going to happen this weekend. Yeah, it has to. I mean, seriously. And it didn't open at number one. That I found shocking. Uh, what, what was the ridiculous movie that hit number one? Pitch Perfect 2? Yeah. Um, Where they make fun of the the Australian fat girl? Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Hey, so I, I, re- I, I like Rebel Wilson, and I, I think she's funny, but... Um, she plays the fat card as funny. She's like, she plays the fat buffoon. Yeah, uh, kind of like Jack Black. or She's... she's the female John Candy. Yeah, Jack Black, John Candy. I don't know. John uh, Candy was funny. Like, he had characters, situations, different things. He wasn't... Going bananas. But he wasn't always, look at me, I'm fat and I'm funny because I'm fat. Yeah. You know? Um, the, we, we talked about it before. Some women are just... Their comedy is, look, I'm funny because I'm doing this and I'm fat and it looks funny. It's the Melissa McCarthy thing mm-hmm. with everything that she does is the physical humor. It's awkward, but it's not funny. It's a fat person failing to do what a fit person can do and then playing it off seriously. And you're supposed to laugh at it. You know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go for that type of humor sometimes because, I mean, you listen to the show. I have no place to judge. <laughs> I'm just saying, if that's your only shtick, you don't have a shtick. You don't have, you don't bring anything into the table, but um, denigration of fat people. Yep. Um. It, it to me, it's the same sort of thing. The majority of the movies, um, from let's say pre 2000 that quote-unquote, were nerd movies, were actually uh, making fun of nerds in a derogatory way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they, they were caricatures. They were uh, stereotypes. They hammered stereotypes over and over again. Um, and it's the same sort of thing. They're, they're hammering those stereotypes. Uh, one example um, that I'll quote here is Waterboy. Waterboy was a stereotype of Southern people. Um, okay. And, uh, because they're, having grown, they're like the college Having grown football. up in my South, uh, having grown up in the South, I, uh, even though I, I don't really have a Southern accent, but I, I grew up in the South. I went to uh, middle school and high school in the South, and it watching that movie made me cringe and made me i i hated it yeah because all they did is make fun of stupid stereotypes and 
uh, who was it, Adam Sandler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I hated him for accepting that role. Um, he's done other stuff. Didn't that he I thought, create that? Yeah. Probably. He produced it, probably wrote most of it. Yeah. I, I hated the role because it was nothing but stupid, denigrating stereotypes over and over again. And it was popular, and I hated it for being popular. Right. I hated it for being popular. But you get a bunch of shit for it when you say anything because you are not you are not supporting the popular opinion. You're you're coming against it, so it makes you look like the asshole. It makes you look like the asshole, like me with the Rebel Wilson thing. Look, you can look at that fucking trailer where she says, "Oh well, everybody knows that I'm the hot one," and you laugh. You know why you laugh? Because of course the fat person could not really be the hot one, but in the defense of the role, I swear to God, she would probably say, "Well, no, that's your problem. That's on you. If you think that's funny, it's because what you bring to it." But no, it doesn't really work that way. When she does those things like, "I'm the fat person, but I know I'm really the hot one," that's pl- that's pandering to the audience. You know, the audience is going to laugh at that because you know the audience thinks fat people are disgusting and definitely not attractive, right? I mean, that's the Hollywood consensus. That's why they put plus-size model. They finally put a plus-size model on what was Sports Illustrated. I think she was a, a, a four. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was she was she ate that day, so she had to be put on the plus side of the calendar. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Um, even the plus models in Hollywood are, are... They don't have belly rolls. They don't have cellulite patches. And it's not necessarily just because of Photoshop. I'm just big bum. Yeah. So, no. Rebel Wilson's shtick is she's funny because she's doing things as a fat person. And that's some Melissa McCarthy. She, he, she got a new one coming out that was another ripoff of Heat, didn't she? Uh, Spy is a new one. Yeah. Right, right. It's funny. Now, when I saw Spy... And I saw the promos and the extended promos for Spy. I don't know if you guys ever saw this throwback movie uh, starring Whoopi Goldberg called Jumping Jack Flash. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. Did, you know, where the call center girl gets the spy intercept and she starts helping him surreptitiously. And, and then, you know, the story advances from there. In this case, this is more of a, um, gosh, there was another movie like this. And, and I'm struggling to bring it up. But not to give away anything you didn't see on, on the previews, but... Well, the movie's not out yet, so... Oh, yeah. The Fat Call Center Girl is the only uh, CIA agent that hasn't been revealed to the public. So she has to go do adventurous CIA things. And it's funny because she's fat. It's like Fat James Bond. Now, there's a... Um, I. I th- it's either an HBO Showtime series coming out um, that actually stars Jack Black. Um, and Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah. Um, what the hell is the name of it? Um, and it's kind of the same thing. Um, he's an asset that's in a Middle Eastern country. Um, I think it's Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Black is. Um, so... Trying to recall this, um, it ha- it hasn't come out yet, uh, but I've been excited about the trailers for the it. brink. The brink. That doesn't sound right. It is though. 
Yeah. My Google foo is high. Okay. Um. So yeah, plus four. It's got Tim Robbins <laughs> and plus Jack four. Black. My Google skill. <laughs> yeah. Um. D twenty bitches. <laughs> now, Jack Black is not as heavy as he used to be. He slimmed down a little bit. He he goes up and down. Yeah. 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 Um. But no, Jack Black plays the the fat card a lot, but not just the fat card, you know? I mean, well, he's got he's got a lot of physical humor. He's got uh But he's he's told a lot of stories and not all of them have been centered around a fat guy doing something. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a well-rounded comedian. And I don't mean that right. as Yeah, a school thing. school rock had nothing to do with his weight. Yeah. whatsoever. Well, um, yeah. and my my all-time favorite is Pick, Pick a Destiny. Pick a Destiny. Pick a Destiny was awesome. <laughs> and and I don't think there was any weight references in Pick a Destiny. You you can't get a Melissa McCarthy to not do a fat reference. You can't get a Rebel Wilson to not do a fat reference. That's their shtick. I don't think there was any fat references in Secret of the Tomb. Secret of the what? Secret of the Tomb. The last... Uh, uh, one of those stupid movies. Um, Battle of the Smithsonian, Secret of the Tomb. Mm. Night at the Museum. Night uh, at the Museum, okay, yeah. Night at the Museum 3. She just plays a security guard, has a joke about her hair looking like a turd on her um, shoulder. But oh, no, you're saying no, Melissa McCarthy. No. The Rebel, Re- Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson, yeah. oh, okay. No, no fat well, references. Again, that's not a vehicle for her, though. It's an ensemble cast, so she doesn't have to supply all the jokes. But the part that she's in, mm-hmm. there's no, you know. It's a supporting role. She doesn't get the opportunity to. So. Well, so was her role in Pitch Perfect. She it's, was, it's more of a co-star in Pitch yeah, Perfect. Yeah, she is a Did you see Pitch Perfect? Thing. Yeah, of course I have. I, I'm... I'm married it to a It was a, chick, a supporting right? role. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it supporting because she's fat? What are you trying to say? <laughs> it's supporting because she had like you half think? an hour of screen time. That's a fucking lot of screen time. <laughs> That's a, half hour is a co-star. <laughs> yeah, give me screen. Give me a half hour at anything. I'm going to say, who put that fat fuck in there? Because <laughs> it's Hollywood. Get real, bitches. And you're like, is this another Godzilla movie? <laughs> <laughs> now he's just wearing a green sweatshirt. <laughs> Why is that Christmas tree moving? Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm almost caught up to Daredevil. Um, I am dangerously shy of finishing the last one. Yeah. Of the season. Well, the the bad part about finishing the season is that you then have that uh, depression that sets in. Where well, you know that you have to wait for the next season. So we're talking about Daredevil spoilers here. If you haven't seen the Netflix series, turn the podcast off <laughs> and go watch it. Stop telling our listeners to turn the podcast off. Well, come back in a little bit after you're done watching okay. Daredevil. Well, press pause. Press pause. <laughs> and then come watch back Daredevil in and come back. <laughs> for God's sake, don't turn it off. <laughs> 
So I just finished episode 12 where Wilson Fisk um, brutally murders Ben. Which you knew it was coming. You yeah. knew it was coming for like three episodes. You you did, but you were kind of hoping that you, this you, was going to be kind of like the comics. You were and hoping. Ben was going to make it. Yeah, you were hoping yeah. against hope that. But uh, this has not been like the comics. Uh, this has been brutal. This has been bloody. This has been intense. Um, and it's been shocking. Um, this is this is a a comic book series that is brutal, intense, and shocking. This is the kind of series what you know what it is visceral <laughs> in the brutal sense, not the in the brutal pulsing shocking, penis. Yeah. Sense. <laughs> no, no pulsing <laughs> penis veins. Uh. I was like, wow, is a uh, is Megaton Man going to be coming through here with this? giant penis no wait but seriously uh, this is the kind of show that you would fully expect and feel comfortable with an appearance by the punisher yeah yeah if he blew through town he would totally fit in he wouldn't fit in spider-man he wouldn't fit in the avengers but in the daredevil series punisher yeah punisher would definitely fit daredevil Um, would kick shit out of frank castle I don't know. It's a good fight every time those two get together. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, Frank kills, Daredevil just kicks ass. Um, but he took out the ninja. Yeah. Um, that was that was a nasty fight right there. Yeah, you're like, how is he going to... I'm even going, like, fuckers can stabbed a lot. <laughs> Dude, I get a hook in my gut, I'm done. I, I call know. the fight. <laughs> I get a paper cut. I'm uh, I'm crying and, and looking for Band-Aids and uh, triple antibiotic. Yeah. It was just, it was a brutal fight. And at the end, you're just like, oh. And then Nobu goes up in flames and... and and I don't get Fisk taking the responsibility for that because just as uh, the light broke and and sparks went everywhere and brought up the the fuel that was on the ground, that ninja was asking for it. If you ask me, he gave it to himself. I think Fisk took the responsibility for it because he set Nobu against Daredevil, but knowing he, full well that Daredevil was likely to win. But he even said he asked Nobu for a warrior, and Nobu chose to take the task onto himself. And he knew ahead of time that that was going to happen, because he knows that Nobu is very prideful and is going to think he's the best. Well, I guess you don't lead the ninja clan, and you're not the best ninja, right? I mean, if, if, if your ninja clan is asked for your best warrior, and it's not you... Then you don't deserve to be the head of your ninja clan. Right? It's like fucking Klingon shit up in ninja clan shit. Yeah. There's probably a, a Klingon... Whatever the Klingon word for ninja is, that would be the coolest ninja clan. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't speak Klingon. Yeah. You know, I got this app to help me with my languages, my uh-huh. language acquisition and, and learning, uh, relearning. Called Duolingo. Not that I want to give them a spot, but they kind of earn it because they are developing 
a Klingon subject. So you can actually download the app and start learning Klingon. Well, there's the the great internet story about uh, a man lost in the uh, uh, Japanese transit system. Mm -hmm. uh, A visitor from America. Um, and he happens to be wearing his, his geek shirt that says, uh, yes, I speak Klingon, uh, in Klingon. Mm-hmm. And although no one in the train station knew how to speak English, there was a Japanese person in the train station that spoke Klingon. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he was able to get directions to where he needed to go <laughs> by conversing in Klingon. Klingon is... Just by popularity, what Esperanto wanted to become on purpose. <laughs> I think that's an amazing. Um, uh, that's an amazing analogy. Analogy. That's the word I was looking for. That I think that's an amazing analogy. Um, Klingon in Esperanto. Because Esperanto was a language developed. By master, by linguists. oh, master linguist. It said, "What language can we put together that everybody can learn, regardless of language barriers, and then come together as one?" It, it was intended to be the language of all races on planet Earth. It was developed by. It was it in the sixties, late sixties, or yeah. I think it was late sixties, early. So 70s. they were probably doing a little LSD and pot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, huggy, feely. When they came up with Esperanto. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a completely created language that uh, was intended to be the language of the races, the collective races of the planet Earth. And uh, unfortunately, I think that Klingon has a better <laughs> chance of achieving that than, uh, than Esperanto. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> if, if, if alien race landed down at the center of the United Nations. They got out looking all badass and shit, and they spoke Klingon. <laughs> half half the world leaders would just shit their pants, and Star Trek nerds everywhere would go, Oh my God, I can't believe this. This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and then half of them would shit their pants, because if they speak Klingon, they might be badasses too. <laughs> right, we'll see the head of... Uh, your United Nations. Here it is in my hand. <laughs> I rule the United Nations now. It's not how it works. <laughs> Tell that to my Starfleet. Yeah, if they come down speaking Klingon, they're not here to help us raise crops. But that's what I mean. What if they saw Star Trek, thought it was the greatest show ever, and wanted to come down and help the race? That made that. So they speak their language. Klingon. So like the uh, the Star Trek parody movie. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Where they had watched the historical records mm-hmm. and were emulating it. But in this case, they watched the historical records and emulated the Klingons. Well, because they could recognize that... Klingon was the only language in that show that was not repeated in all of the other shows created by human t- humanity. If you think about it that way, only one show has this language in it, so we learned that one, 
and we can tell them that we identify with you through this show. Or we can go, hey, this show has, or this language is in all these other shows. We're going to get to be able to communicate with other people easier by learning that language. Yeah, but no, because the airwaves are full with shows of every language. You can't just say that English is the other part, because if you translate Star Trek in English to German, what part doesn't get translated? Klingon. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if you translate the English parts to Japanese, what part doesn't get translated? <laughs> there you go. Klingon is the universal language. De facto. Noble warrior race, universal <laughs> language. I'm saying win-win. <laughs> Noble? Well, Bushido-like. Yeah. I might not be gentle and righteous. <laughs> no, no, no. I said nothing about gentle and righteous. I said noble. <laughs> you can be noble and brutal at the same time. <laughs> and you can be noble and unfair. You just have to adhere to your noble rule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you came into my space. I'm going to kill you now. There you go. <laughs> you knew that beforehand, though. You came into the space I want to take. I'm going to kill you now. But you also knew how that works. <laughs> So, yeah, we were talking about digressing from the series. <laughs> and but those are the fun parts of life. The, the parts where you digress from the path that you originally had your eyes focused yeah, on. What were we talking about? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> so moving, well, moving along to, to, to moving away from your intended story is the show Penny Dreadful. Yeah. That we were talking about earlier, which is a... A mashup of 19th century gothic horror. Yeah, and um, the the title itself, Penny Dreadful, uh, was kind of a, a, a pseudonym for Pulp Fiction. They uh, even made that reference in the show, I yeah, believe. Yeah, in the show yeah. they talk about... Uh, the Penny Dreadfuls. Penny Dreadfuls. Um, you could substitute the word Pulp Fiction for Penny Dreadful and... It would uh, it would flow pretty well. Which those hor- those little cheap horror um, periodicals that gave people like uh, Edgar Allan Poe their start and Edgar Rice Burroughs, H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft. Well, in America, they were called dime novels, dime store novels. Yeah, um, Pulp Fiction. Well, in America, you'd say dime store novels, and, and usually either mean um, girl porn. Are Billy the Kid <laughs> um, stories, like cowboy outlaw stories? Yeah, it was it was those sensationalized mm-hmm. stories that sold cheap and got printed even cheaper. So what was really interesting that I found in the the Penny Dreadful series is they make repeated references to Mary Shelley's work. Yeah, they're actually. Um, Making reference to her husband, Shelley, the poet. Oh, okay. Because her Frankenstein wasn't out yet. I don't know it, the relative time frames of the series. It and... might have been, but... Because they can't be the, referencing... They're referencing the poetry, and she wasn't a poet. They can't be referencing um, the... The Frankenstein work, what was it called? Frankenstein. Yeah. But, I mean, there was a um, 
like a subtitle thing to it, Prometheus or something, man. Yeah. I would have to look it up. But so Van Helsing is in it. Did you watch the whole series? Yeah. Yeah. The first season. Okay. Yeah. So I just got up to the point. I haven't finished that. I am kind of like at the same level with my um, Penny Dreadful as I am with the Daredevil. So spoilers for Penny Dreadful. If you still haven't turned it off, you're just asking for it. Um, I just got to the point where the original monster kills Van Helsing. Which I was completely shocked by. And so was I. I was like, you son of a bitch. I hated him before and I hate him even more. I was like, what the... You you can't kill Van Helsing. Van Helsing yeah. He's got to kill Dracula. Yeah. But, you know, at that point, you had to know that that was coming. Because I, I watched that scene again. And he was talking to um, Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein. He was talking to him saying that... Um, you have to go on. My, you know, he he's already killed his wife, and he's old and whatever. Anyway, so if the, he's if he dies, the world isn't out very much. But Frankenstein's young and smart, and he can make a real change and and have an effect on the world. So he needs to live. Oops, what's got what's got me by the back of my hair? Oh, it's just an immortal cadaver monster guy with a heart on for another cadaver woman, and he's gonna break my neck to make a point and he already killed like the perfect frankenstein monster in the very beginning it was like all gentle and smart and inquisitive yeah so this guy's not likable at all i don't know i kind of felt for him i felt for the monster you start to and then he's a monster i always have he's he's so alone and so outcast that he's lashing out. He's outcast by choice. Look, the theater group brings him in. He's, he's a psychopath that thinks he's the only one in the world with feelings. Yeah. He's... He's he's totally a sociopath. Sociopath, uh, almost narcissistic. Definitely narcissistic. If you think you're the only one with feelings, yeah. and you're the only one worth everybody else's attention, that's definitely narcissistic. He's... He's definitely got a, a screwed up way of looking oh, at Oh, I'm world. not saying that he is not dysfunctional, but... I mean, when they light his ass on fire, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> so, they have some pretty amazing actors um, in the series. You've got Timothy Dalton, you've got Eva Green, you've got Billy Piper... Um, Josh Hartnett, uh, oh, Reeve yeah. Carney, Rory Kinnear. You've got all these um, pretty respected now, actors. Who, who is Rory Kinnear? What else has he been in? He plays the creature. Yeah, he plays the creature. Uh, he's mainly um, he's mainly a, a British actor. Uh, if you were in uh, Britain or England, you would know him more. Um, he was in, uh, the imitation game. He was in a, uh, James Bond. I forget which one. Skyfall. Um, uh, he was actually in the television series that, uh, CJ and I talked about a couple episodes ago, Black Mirror. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been in a lot of 
uh, stuff that you'd know if if you were European or British. So no relation to Greg Kinnear. No, no, no. no uh, he's he's very British. No, no relation to uh, to Greg Kinnear. Oh, Josh Hartnett. Did you see the scene where uh, Josh Hartnett and uh, Reeve Carney make out? Oh, yeah. Reeve Carney plays uh, Dorian Dorian Gray. Gray. I thought. That guy did a really good job as Dorian Gray. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was really impressed with him throughout the series. I have to be careful that I don't spoil it for my co-host because I've watched um, the most current episode of... Oh, the third episode of the new season? The new season. So um, I have to make sure I don't accidentally spoil it for my co-hosts. Um but, and it's really tough because I want to blurt stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, great for Billy Piper fans. I mean, if you want to see the the chick from Doctor Who get naked, there you go. Well, she's gotten naked in other things too. Has she? Uh, yeah. Um, as long as it's tasteful or not. Well, I I don't well, know if she actually gets. Uh, I'm fine with naked as long as it's without clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my only prerequisite. <laughs> She's in a series called Secret Diary of a Call Girl. I don't know if she actually gets naked in it. Um, it would be a false advertising. <laughs> but the likelihood is. Uh, there's a fair chance of it. Um, well, what else? What are the opportunities? I, I, I don't want to spend the time delving into the, Looking at the the Google to to find naked stuff, but yeah, um, so I, I'm really enjoying the show because it's a little bit different. So so far for you, we've seen Dorian Gray, Doctor Frankenstein, mm-hmm. the Frankenstein monster, mm-hmm. um, M- Mina Harker, yeah, um, her father, Lord Murray or whatever his name is. Can't remember if he's a lord or I don't remember. Um any other Well and Van Helsing. And then Van Helsing. So we're dealing mainly with vampires this season. Pretty much. With obvious uh Egyptian undertones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was probably one of the most creative things to do with vampires. It, it was definitely interesting. Um, I'm trying really hard not to blurt out spoilers, so. Well, then go ahead and watch Penny Dreadful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get caught up this weekend. Um, <clears throat> so. Now, when you were talking about um interstellar earlier um and we were talking about different writers and stuff um my train of thought leapt forward to um one of my favorite writers uh, david weber who um writes a series of books uh, that is collectively known as the honor harrington um series honor harrington is a space marine um, she is a captain um, of a um, of a space ship, and she starts out on uh, like a cruiser, 
and during the series she gets promoted to to various uh, spaceships um but she is um she is a captain uh in the navy of a um of a kingdom that has a monarch okay and uh their arch enemy is this uh civilization um basically from the home world back on earth which has become this republic um i don't want to go too much into the politics of the, of the books but uh, just amazing space combat missiles flying back and forth volleys in uh people bulkheads decompressing and people dying in it's kind of like Master and Commander, but in, in space. space. If you think of Master and Commander in space, that's the sort of vibe that the Honor Harrington uh, books give. So there's, okay. plenty, there's plenty of sex? Uh, no, master and Commander. Not it's not so much. Not Master and <clears throat> Servant. It's... It's a completely different thing. I thought, there, I thought thing. there was like a lot of cabin boy sex in Master <laughs> Commander. I'm not sure which book you were reading or movie you were watching. Right? You know, when they talk about the, the white water foam waves coming over the it's ship. Not, that's not a metaphor for It's like... not Master Bader and Commander. <laughs> it's Master and Commander. Um. Okay. Uh, maybe I watched the wrong one. Right. Was that Russell Crowe? Yeah, it was a Russell Crowe film. Yeah. Oh, no. So that's a gay movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Honor Harrington fans, uh, we, we have a comic book. I, I think I had originally stumbled upon it uh, in our conversation earlier. There's we were an talking Honor about Harrington comic book? The, yeah, there's an Honor Harrington comic book. Current? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. It, it's uh, Top Cow. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so you can follow the Honor Harrington stories in comic book form. Uh, fans are praying that it will get some sort of big screen treatment. They would settle for a little screen, but we want big screen for Honor Harrington. Um, I tend to think that for really good story adaptions of books, a small screen usually does it better. Because you can take the time to spread it out. Yeah, and a perfect example of that is uh, Daredevil. Because 13 episodes, they give the attention to the story that you can only give in in a television episodical format. Yeah. Whereas if you tried to take that and to distill it down into two hours, you'd end up with 15 agonizing minutes of origin story. Yeah. Um, and the rest of it would be rushed and not make sense. Well, and... well, movies are a wonderful cinematic experience. It's almost like a storytelling roller coaster ride. It's there to just entertain and amaze you for a short period of time. And I know we're not used to thinking of two hours as a short period of time, but when you're telling stories, two hours is definitely a short period of time. When you want characters to evolve, you need many pages. You need many hundreds yeah. of pages. And you get that all the time in paperbacks when you're reading a four or five hundred page book. Three three or four hundred pages is a lot. Yeah. But when you talk episodic stuff, you need a lot of minutes. Now, Jason, do you have, pages, like do you have any 
device, including a laptop computer, that can read a Kindle format? Um, His this is an ab- Android. Okay. So. So and it has a Kindle reader. It has a Kindle reader. Uh, so although you may not have a Kindle uh, book reader, you have an Android device, yeah. which can run the Kindle app, and you have laptops, et cetera, which can run the Kindle app. I point this out because you can get book one of the Honor Harrington series for free in Kindle format. What's it called? Uh, it's called On Basilisk Station. On Basilisk Station. But if you just search Amazon for Honor Harrington, uh, you'll find the entire series listed. Uh, I believe that On Basilisk Station was, it's either 20 or 25 years ago it was released. So in honor of the 20th or 25th anniversary, they released it in Kindle form free. Oh, cool. Uh, So I encourage you to rush out there. I encourage our listeners, all dozen or so of you, to rush out to Amazon, download the Kindle free Kindle edition of On Basilisk Station, uh, the Honor Harrington series, book one, and read it. Uh, It's great stuff. And if you're like Jason, where you only have just an Android tablet, you can get the Kindle app. You can get the Kindle app. If if you have nothing other than a laptop or a desktop computer, you can load the Kindle app on that. But if you're picking up the Kindle app for Android and you're in the Android market, you might as well download the Stitcher app and subscribe to the Desperate Mothers podcast. (laughs) Yes, uh, absolutely. If if you're just wandered across this and you're not subscribed to us, thanks for listening. (laughs) Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I could use number 21. Number 21 would be awesome. Matter of fact... Both book one and book two um, are available in Kindle format for free. Who wrote the comic book? I have no idea. I I have them. Um, Well, who wrote that that one you're you're recommending right now? uh, Oh, uh, the the book series is written by David Weber. Okay. Um, So David Weber's Honor Harrington, book one is on Basque Station. Uh, Book two is Honor uh, Honor of the Queen. Oh, and Tales of Honor is by Image Comics? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Written by Matt Hawkins? Uh, Matt Hawkins? I thought it was Top Cow. Oh, written by Matt Matt Hawkins. okay. Yeah, Top Cow is an image imprint. Oh, all right. Yeah, so good to see. Good to see. This is a... So they're up to issue, I think, five right now? Yeah. Uh, There's... uh, They have like a, a... a trade paperback volume it has like issues one through four and they then they have uh or in one through three um and i think they're working on the second volume uh, right now okay so the honorverse expands to comic books yes uh, and we're really hoping that it makes the leap to the small screen of course the big screen it's it's the mecca. You want to see the big screen version because big screen means two things. It means budget and it means distribution. The small screen, you're not going to get the budget. And depending on uh, who they manage to glean for viewers, you're not going to get the distribution to... I mean, let's face it. How many people have seen Daredevil, the new Netflix series? Versus how many people have seen Avengers the, Age of Ultron? How many people saw Daredevil, the the good series, yeah. versus Daredevil, the craptacular 
movie. What millions of people <laughs> have seen the craptacular Ben Affleck movie, and tens of people. And have, well, Netflix is huge. Netflix, Netflix is, is huge. pretty damn big. It's pretty big, but I'm willing to bet that right now the viewership rates in the tens of thousands of people that have seen the Netflix series. Well, uh, we'll I'm sure to... you could probably look that up and get and get hard statistics. Maybe if they're lucky, you're talking hundreds of thousands of people have seen it. I don't but, know if it's a Netflix produced series. Of the I, Netflix, I, I think they're series. only going to show the real numbers to real advertisers with real dollars to put out. I, I think know. there are ways that uh, common people like us can can uh, divulge those uh, those statistics. So, if you. If you haven't read, if you're like me and you haven't read the, any of the Honorverse stuff, I'm just going to start with the comic books. Yeah, it's a so, great place to start. I'm going to go to audiobookbay.com and download the audiobook torrents. Okay. I cannot condone such behavior. <laughs> yeah, we, we cannot officially condone that behavior on the show. But well, I would encourage you to go to... check to... out anything you can... <laughs> I would encourage you to go to Amazon and legally download the the, the, uh, the Kindle format. Yeah, yeah, and um, remember, if you get sucked into a black hole, you don't go back in time. You get squished into a small amount of nothing. So well, the truth is, no one knows what happens. No one can know what happens. That's a lot of gravity. You get squished. But what what we really expect <laughs> to happen is that you get. Pulled apart atom by atom. Um, and that's bound to be unpleasant. <laughs> you, know <what's> in, <laughs> you know what's in the black hole, don't you? Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably is, but we'll never know. <laughs> okay, I want so, one of those cool robots. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're going to wrap this up here. Thanks for listening to the Desperate Mothers podcast. This was episode 30. Believe it or not. Well, that's yeah. that's almost like a milestone. Yeah, almost. I'm CJ Watson. I'm Jason Rice. And I am Jack Fisher. Hop on. Hop on.